Welcome to the Welly Pod, the podcast where we dive deep into all things health and wellness, talking to wellness coaches, entrepreneurs, and professionals who incorporate wellness into their day-to-day lifestyle. If you're looking to unlock the next version of yourself and balance your body, mind, and spirit, you've come to the right place. Now your host, strength coach, wellness enthusiast, and Welly co-founder, Paul Skidmore. Oh, there he is. I didn't see you pop into the live, man. I was trying to... Oh, I was waiting for you to call him. <laughs> I was trying to see it, man. What's going on? We'll wait like, uh, we'll wait like 30 seconds. You got to... Frenchie's the man, man. L- uh, Lane... Lane... Uh, yeah, Jaffe. Jaffe. Yeah, it's cool. He's a buddy of yours? Yeah. That's nice, my man. Brother. Hell yeah. We're all brothers, man. Yeah. We all come from the same seed. That's a deeper conversation than what we're going to have tonight, but that's cool. That is a deeper conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll just wait. Like we, I usually wait like 30 seconds to a minute, and I lost you, though. You there? Yeah. What's up, man? What's the weather like out there? 72 and sunny. You're coming from L.A., right? Craig, Craig in L.A. Not from originally, but yes, for the last 10 years. Oh, it's sweet. Yeah, hopefully they don't roll in any fires this year, man. I just, I just had to evacuate for one, you know, this past weekend. Seriously? Yeah. How bad? Uh... 1200 acres you know uh, yeah it was uh yeah it's early too for fire season so it's it's something do you do? Do, you have, do you have like a insurance policy on your house if you don't rent or you like got a renter's insurance policy covers all this stuff or yeah you know at the same time it's all just stuff you know what i mean like yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Look, man, the insurance the insurance companies are making a big enough nut that you should be able to recoup something to get stuff that you need for the future, right? Um, food, food, water, clothing, shelter, right? It's just stuff, but it's life necessities. Um, whether it goes, cool. It's just, uh, but anyway, I think we're good, man. So, cool. guys, what's up uh, tonight? Today in California, I'm live with Craig French. <clears throat> this is episode. Number 14 of the Welly Pod. For those of you who don't know, we have a podcast now. Uh, it's streaming on Spotify and any of, of the other um, podcast streaming services. If it's not, let me know, um, and I'll make sure to get it up on there. Um, you guys want to talk about a G? This guy is a former D1 lacrosse player, D1 athlete, um, a featured fashion entrepreneur on Shark Tank, He's uh, and he's someone who really cares about impacting others through mindfulness, using meditation techniques, and Zen life coaching to optimize the body, mind, and spirit. Um, on top of that, he is a coach on the Welly app, which is currently in beta. 
but Welly is an uh, application on your iPhone for now that connects wellness seekers looking to enhance their body, mind, and spirit and connects them directly with individuals like Craig um, to start the conversation and move and unlock the next version of the self and move their life into a more positive and influential direction. Um, you can follow his IG, Craig Jared French, um, all one word. Um, so yeah, Craig, appreciate uh, this conversation more than you know. I share sure. a lot of enthusiasm, man, for, for your background with uh, the athletics. It's freaking amazing. The, the human optimization that you bring to the table. Um, but before we dive into your practice, I really want to know the story of, uh, you know, whether it was D1 lacrosse or before to this entrepreneurial aspect of your life where you did get to pitch on Shark Tank, the, a fashion line, and then how you transitioned that into this Zen uh, <laughs> mindfulness meditation practice to, to help people. It's all weirdly connected. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Shoot it, man. I mean, it's great. How, how, how did it happen? Yeah, well, um, you know, I grew up on Long Island, you know, in New York and played lacrosse and um, was fortunate enough, you know, to be good enough to get a scholarship. And I went to the University of Denver and, you know, now it, they're a perennial kind of powerhouse. But back when I played there, um, they were not. So I was sort of a little bit of a pioneer, which is their which is their moniker and their mascot, ironically enough. But um, yeah, I went out there in my, my freshman year, I scored the game winning goal in double overtime. And as I shot and scored, I got, I got popped up in the face and the jaw and I broke my jaw in two spots. Um, had to like fly home for emergency surgery and it was, it was pretty gnarly. Um, so you got, you got screws and pins in the, in the jaw? Yeah, I got I got two plate I got I got a plate and two screws. Okay. And had, actually, actually had to take my ear off of my head and go into my head through my ear canal and put a plate in and two screws, sew my ear back on, and then they wired my mouth shut. Yeah. So you know that injury was was pretty um, you know it was was life changing in a lot of ways. It, it felt like a chapter of like my youth <laughs> had officially closed, and now I was like officially into manhood, you know, I mean, I was in college and, and then going through this crazy, you know, uh, surgery and injury. And, you know, fast forward, I graduated college and my dad had been in the eyewear optical industry for years, making um, displays actually for, for brands like that they put in department stores. And I grew up around that and in that industry. And I started working for me after college and I was like, I want to be the one with the brands. I don't want to be pitching them on, you know, yeah. this for their stores. I want to be the one with the brands. Sure. I just started, you know, teasing different names and ideas. And I, and I took my initials CJF, Craig Jarrett French, and I came up with the name Crooked Jaw Fashions. And uh, <laughs> sick. Yeah. Started printing t-shirts in my buddy's basement. You know what I mean? On, on Long Island. And, you know, just next to you know, just people were like digging the brand and the logo and stickers start showing up all over cars and, you know, and uh, just started getting, gaining a following. And then I got an email that went into my spam folder and I was this close to deleting it. And it said, do you want to pitch your business on national television? And I was like, this sounds shady, but what do I got to lose, you know? Yeah. And I clicked on the email and... Uh, it was, you know, a producer or casting director from Shark Tank looking for 
entrepreneurs. The show was still in its infancy and pilot. And I pitched them, you know, and they immediately seemed interested in my story and, you know, my whole vibe. And I got on the show and flew out and pitched the pilot. And <laughs> Dick, do you still have a copy of that email? That tell me you got it. I have no idea what that email is. And it would have been sick. That would have been a gem, man. You're the first person to mention that, actually. So that's that's funny. <laughs> it's like it's like you know, it's that email is kind of similar to that iconic dollar bill that somebody, uh, you know, they open up a restaurant or a store or a storefront. They have that dollar bill hanging on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that that email account is like long gone. I I don't even know how I even find that. Sure. No, just asking. So anyway, so you so you pitch, you got to pitch them, and then what happened? Damon John, like I saw a picture of you and Damon John. <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually the first apparel company to ever be on Shark Tank, so I, I take uh, pride in that. Um, and they brought me on specifically to pitch to Damon John. You know, we both were from New Yorker, from New York. We both started our brands in our mom's, you know, house basically, and they just thought I'd be a perfect person for Damon. And sure. uh, yeah, they just, they just chewed me up. You know what I mean? I was in like my early mid twenties, you know, and this was before social media and like, you know, shopping online wasn't even really a thing back then. This is like 2008, you know, sure. I, I pitched being on the show in like 2007. Um, and we just weren't established enough. I mean, they liked me and they liked the brand. I, you know, I got a good response from all of them. Yeah. From a, a, a maturation standpoint, you know, we, we hadn't quite gotten where they wanted to, which I thought was ironic because this was in the middle of basically the first, not the first recession, but the one before the most yeah, recent, yeah, sure. the 2008-2009 stock market crash. And they were really trying to brand Shark Tank as a way to help lift up, you know, the American spirit of, you know, uh, entrepreneurship. And I was like, here you have a young, you know, kid who's hustling t-shirts, you know what I mean? Like what, what this is, what this show is supposed to represent. And I wasn't, the, the business wasn't mature enough from them from a sales perspective. And so yeah. it was pointing, but obviously a great experience and the, and the show still airs to this day, the episodes. So that's great, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then what, so, so what, then you just, so how do you get in, so how do you go from that? to this whole uh, meditation, mindfulness, Zen, Zen healing practice that, you know, Craig Jarrett French brand today, that you kind of, you kind of still go CJ, CJF, but you go yeah. in and you go, you go CJF and like the Zen master CJF. So how did it go from CJF, the t-shirt to CJF, the, the, uh, the guru? <laughs> well, um, I appreciate that first off and, and your, your pleasant, you know, marketing about me being a Jedi and all that I appreciate as well. Um, although far from the truth, but, um, I mean, honestly, Paul, I always was into this stuff. I was always into spirituality and I always had an interest in, um, you know, meditation and mindfulness and Buddhism and even during the crooked jaw days, I mean, those who knew me back then and remember the brand, I, you know, I bowed on Shark Tank and I wrote a poem that was on every hang tag, you know, and I always tried to embody the spirit of, you know, resilience and perseverance and treating people kindly. All the vendors I dealt with back then, I always yeah. tried honest and, and forthright and, 
you know, the way I treated my partners and money, I was always very honest. And I tried to even build that business as a young 20 something year old. I tried to bring a certain level of spirituality, maturity, mindfulness to that. And, you know, it took me many years, but I ended up falling into a Zen practice out here, which is an interesting story um, after moving to L.A. And, you know, I just I just stuck to my practice for many, many years. Allie, thanks. I love you. <laughs> love Crooked Joe. Um, Dude, you still have teachers. I kind of want one then. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll get you. I actually have okay. a dry one, you know, that is like for working out. I'll, I'll get you. I'll get you one. Cool. I'll rock it. I'll show Miami love. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, um. Yeah, man, you know, I, I, I started practicing. I went deep into Zen and, and meditation, and I started going to retreats, you know, multiple times a year and half-day retreats, and I went deep into practice, and I, and I did that for nine, you know, nine years. And then in, in year 10, you know, I have, like, you know, I had a little bit of epiphany during, you know, the pandemic. I was like, I, I have a lot of passion. I have a lot of content. I moved up to the mountains of L.A. called Topanga Canyon, and – I felt like I wanted to start dabbling in entrepreneurship again. And I wanted to do something that I could just sell myself and not a physical product. Yeah. And it seemed like a natural evolution. And, you know, here we are. No, it's great, man. No, it's amazing. Um, Thank you. Yeah, man. I mean, it's good, to, it's good that you know, you know, you know that where you're heading. You, you know that there, you don't know where you're heading, but you are cool with the ride, right? And, uh, you kind of go on that roller coaster of life and um, you've brought in this self awareness to your, to your own body to where you've, I mean, at least from talking to you, it seems like you can conquer anything, whether it is a meditation practice or another clothing business or another technology business, or um, you, you know, you've already taken these, uh, you know, you've taken these, these principles that I'm going to talk about in a second that I've, um, I've seen on, you know, on your website and just through conversation and you've just adapted to your, to your life. And that's why I use the word Jedi, whether you're a Jedi master or a Jedi in training, you're, you're, you're a Jedi because you are taking that next step to better yourself um, and bring it around all aspects of your life. And that's what, that's why we created Welly is to help, help people find, find those aspects and be able to tap into resources like yourself so that they can have the same journey too. And, and, and figure out for themselves maybe where, where they're heading if, if they want the opportunity to do so. Um, yeah, I mean, a couple of things you, you mentioned I just want to touch on. I mean, one is that I feel like the next five, ten years of, you know, society, humanity is going <laughs> tackling, you know, the mental health crisis that we're going to see a, just inundation of. And so you and I clearly, without knowing each other when we first started our respective next ventures, you know, obviously had this in mind and so I'm, I'm really proud and honored to be a part of you know your journey and your business with this because this is going to be major major stuff you know what i mean people are going to need different resources and they're going to have to try different teachers and different modalities and some people are going to connect to yoga some people are going to connect to talk therapy some people are going to connect to fitness you know what i mean and lifting yeah. weight but there's going to be People are going to need all different, you know, resources. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a weightlifter. I hate yoga. I do it sometimes, you know. I, I like the sweatier rooms, but, like, you, you just hit on the head. Like, I do like the – I like the mental health aspect of things. I meditate in a different way through some things that I've learned. But you're right. Like, I kind of free-flowed my own form and fashion. And as far as the movement goes, like, I like – I love lifting weights. You know, I love sprinting. Um, 
some people love yoga or <clears throat> love Pilates and they love, they might like Reiki or they might like talking to a yeah. psychic or, you know, who, who knows, right? Like it could be, could be totally, totally different for, <clears throat> for everybody. And totally. That's what we want that we want that, that person to be able to pick and choose and try and, and, and trial different modalities to, cause you got to try them. I mean, I, I I think the only like non-physical physical modality I've never tried is acupuncture, which I, I need to try. I haven't tried. Have I've never idea. done it. I've had the needle stuck in me through the muscle, but I've never tried. I've tried yeah. a lot of cool things though, man. But I mean, look, some it, it seems like some people that they come see you, like they're looking for some of these things, whether it's like unlocking like a, a deeper potential that they might not know, you know, breaking through glass ceilings you, you mentioned, um, trying to find out who they're really meant to be. Um, who are these people? Like, how do they find you? What else do they come and maybe talk to you about? I mean, these are, these are really groundbreaking things that you're helping people get to the next level. I call it like the, it's like optimizing your, your software. I learned that through a colleague, like you're trying to get to the two point. I'm at like 2.12, you know, I used to be 1.0, got to 2.0. Now I'm in this like P skids 2.12, you know, like <laughs> 2.13 is coming next month, ladies and gentlemen, don't worry. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, everything so far has been from word of mouth. I mean, I'm not super active on social media. You know, I, I it might pick up, you know what I mean, in, in the coming months. But, you know, I'm already working with, you know, multiple hospitals out here and, you know, corporate accounts, one-on-one, you know, lawyers in their 50s and 60s, little kids and, you know, 11, 12 years old. I mean, my, my clients run the gamut, you know, and this has all just been the last, you know, year or so all through word of mouth. And I think the common theme, Paul, is that people just, a lot of people are yearning for, you know, peace of mind. And in my opinion, you know, you might, we could debate this, you know, um, but I don't believe that there's, there's anything on the planet that humans have that is like meditation. You know, you could go to a gym and you could bust out a bunch of, you know, bench press. Yeah and pull-ups and, and, you know, curls, and you could go to your track and sprint. And obviously I grew up doing all that same stuff too, you know, playing lacrosse. But for me, there's nothing like sitting still and silent because our whole lives are spent ingesting information that we've been given, you know, from our parents, from society, you know, TV, computers, music, entertainment. And we're just constantly, you know, um, filling our brains with um, external, um, you know, um, stimuli. Stimuli, thank you. Yeah. And so meditation for me is an opportunity to sit down and let all that go and just breathe and be like, ah, okay, I don't have to be this person. You know what I'm saying? That I think I need to be in my head or that my parents have told me I need to be or my teachers or my friends. Like, I could just be my true self in this very moment. And so my meditation cushion, in all honesty, Paul, has become like the most sacred, safe space on the planet for me. You know what I mean? I could literally be amongst a wildfire and I could be sitting there on my meditation cushion and I could have a little smile and smirk on my face with the world burning around me, knowing that like there's nothing that could take me away from like who I am in this very moment, despite what might be going on around me, you know? So... That's why I think people have been coming to me. It's like, I want a little bit of that in my life. You know, I had someone reach out to me yesterday that was going for a walk, you know, a mother or two, 
in New York going for a walk and she's like, Hey, do you have a podcast? You know, I, I, I need some Zen in my life. I want to listen to your voice, you know, and as, as I'm going for a walk, you know, so, you know, just try and put the vibes out there, you know, and, um, and help people along their journey. I mean, you know, Buddhism meditation is 2,500 years old. I'm not reinventing the wheel. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to bring something to the surface has maybe been a little bit dormant or underground or hard to find. I mean, some societies would push meditation, meditation away because governments didn't want people accessing this different parts of their brain that they knew that they were able to access. Yeah. <laughs> that's another rabbit. That's another rabbit hole conversation. But yeah. yeah. But some people, you know, I, I think find me or, and are finding me is mainly through word of mouth. And I think a yearning, for you know some silence and and stillness and you know and i hate to use the word but a little bit of zen yeah no nah, zen's cool man stillness is awesome um yeah man i mean yeah you wanna yeah you don't uh so let me ask you a question so um so if you're not on the in the chair what happens when you go back out into the world and the stimuli are coming in and you know how so so i, I I'm, I'm getting the vibe that when you're in this I'm picturing this chair because I actually talked to a guy today that sells meditation chairs. They're actually super cool. Okay. Super, super expensive, but super cool. Conrad, um, my cushions. Say that again. Conrad, cushions. No, not Conrad, cushions. It's actually, it was like in harmony. I'll connect you with them. I mean, it, it's super, got these frequencies, music, whatever. But, um, but long story short, when you're not in the in harmony chair or the meditation yeah. chair, the Conrad chair, how does the work help when you're done and the stimuli keeps coming? Because it's always coming. Um, I'm going to walk outside after this and I'm going to hear horns and, you know, maybe a fire truck and stress, right? Like, uh, yo, your, your question is, is a perfect one. And I have, I have an answer for you. And so the type of meditation that I teach is very unique. Okay. And when people first come to me, it's always a little bit jarring but it's, it's Zen meditation, which obviously is a word a lot of people are familiar with, but the style of meditation is not so common in, in like, um, you know, in popular culture, if you will. Zen meditation is done with your eyes open and, you're, okay. and, you, and you do it staring at a blank white wall. And so the reason why you sit with your eyes open, Paul, there's a very specific reason why it's done that way because we're trying to engage reality as it is. Yeah. Close your eyes. It's way easier to drift off into a dreamlike state. You know what I mean? And go sure. into the, go into the, the rabbit hole of thoughts. Then when your eyes are open, you're, 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 you're paying attention to what's going on, but then you're looking at a blank white wall to obviously limit the amount of distraction. Sure. But to get to your point about what happens when you get up off the cushion, when you're, when you're fully in practice, you then incorporate Kinhin, K-I-N-H-I-N, which, which is walking meditation. And a lot of times you do that in between the seated meditation. So you're still in meditation, but now you're walking. So now you're learning to meditate in movement. And then you do something called SAMU, S-A-M-U, which is work practice where you're sweeping the floors and washing the dishes. So you're doing work, period, chores in a, mindful, in a mindful state. So pretty much what you're saying is you're getting these individuals in a flow-like state through daily activity. Through yeah, just just a flow-like state through just through meditation. 
Yeah, but it all starts with, with uh, the silent sitting meditation, which another word for it is called shikantaza, which means seated meditation. So it starts shikantaza, with- Shikantaza, what, what language is that? Japanese. Okay, shika, shikantaza, that's a, that's a new word for me. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so shikantaza to walking to actively doing. Yeah. Anything after that? I mean, can someone sit at their desk and work? and be in the state? Yes, I mean, you know, I, you know, I get pulled out of it. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not immune to it. Um, you know, as you know, not maybe not others, but you know, I'm still, you know, doing tech sales stuff, you know, during the day business development, I get pulled out of my Zen like state. But sure. with enough practice, you catch yourself drifting, and you're able to come back to it, you know, and that mimics what happens in your meditation practice also because what happens is when you're sitting there with your eyes open you feel yourself drifting off and i'm being obviously exaggerating a little bit but then you catch yourself and you come back and that's what happens during the day when you're working like you're sitting at your computer yeah. and you're drifting off into you know a task that maybe isn't super important or relevant and, and yeah. because of the years of practice i catch myself and i'm able to come back to my breath a straight spine and re refocus, you know what I mean? So the amount of lost hours, I think, get truncated because you catch yourself a little bit quicker. No, it's cool, man. <laughs> the flow, flow, like the ultimate flow, like state, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, no one is, no one is in it, but you know, the goal is to be in it all day, every day. I mean, so what are some, what are some, uh, I guess, some results that people get from this, like reduce anxiety, like all types of things, I, I'm assuming. Yeah, well, med meditation in general has a ton of health benefits. And like you said, reduce anxiety, reduce blood pressure. Um, you know, people have gotten of medications, people sleep better, you know, what I mean, more confidence, um, you know, Im improved immune immune systems. I mean, the, the benefits are endless. For me personally, the some of the benefits that my people, you know, clients and people I've worked with have seen have have also run the gamut, just like the kind of people I've worked with. I mean, I've been working with a Hollywood screenwriter for the last year and I'm now working with different members of his family. And they swear to me that he is a completely different person in the last year that I've been working with him. And I can't put it all on me. It's not like I single-handedly have formed yeah. him. He's been doing the work. I mean, we, we've been meeting once a week for a year, you know, like consistently regularly. And he now, you know, is able to take these principles and he's able to be more Zen-like. And he has a lot of fun analogies because, you know, he's a screenwriter. So he just puts things in funny perspectives. And like, he's, he's kind of used like that Zen gives you like this, like armor of like when the world's throwing this crazy stuff at you, like you, <laughs> yeah. have, you have like a little bit of this like bubble, you know what I mean? That you're able to sort of like shield yourself from. And, you know, it helps you deal with the bullshit that life throws at you, you know, and I have a lot of weird little experiences of this happening, you know, just being in the moment, being able to tap into, you know, the state when it's needed. I mean, honestly, Paul, when you asked me about getting off the cushion, that's really what the practice is designed for. There's a lot of old famous Japanese stories called koans, K-O-A-N, which is like a, it's like a so little, hey, well, go back to the first word. What? There's Japanese. Now you got, now I got two Japanese words, man. I got Shikantaza. Shikantaza and koans. Koans. Okay. K-O-A-N is a Japanese fable or a Japanese story. They're very, very okay. famous. And there's a lot of famous ones about, 
you know, if a tree falls in the woods, does it, does it actually even fall if no one hears it? You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, those are... That's the, like quantum, that's like part of the quantum, quantum, uh, quantum physics type things. Um, yeah, a little bit, but, the, but they're stories and they're meant to um, be given to people while they're practicing meditation. Teachers give it to students to contemplate on, you know, and to think about it, to study. Um, but a lot of these stories involve a student getting enlightened and they usually don't experience enlightenment while sitting on the cushion. It usually happens when they least expect it, like they stub their toe sure. or, the, or the teacher smacks them upside the head because they're not paying attention. And the teacher wants them to snap out of it and like, you know, refocus. It, it, it happens in these very obscure random moments. And so the point of the practice, do it every day, sometimes multiple times a day, not with the goal of enlightenment or becoming this like, you know, perfect human to do it for the sake of doing it. It's actually considered to be a goalless practice. Sure. But as a result, sometimes mindfulness, enlightenment, I mean, improved health, those are sometimes byproducts of the practice, but it's- Yeah, they're subsidiaries. No, that's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought of it like that. I mean, I just do my, my thing, right? So it's like innately. So, I, you know, the practice that I have is not, what was the word again? Come on, man. <laughs> Yeah, we gotta have fun with this. I mean, should, I know it's like shinatsu. Am I close? Shikantaza. Shikantaza, sorry. And uh, ko, koan. Ko, koan. I'll, right, send, cool. I'll, send you, I'll, I'll send you a little, you know, uh, dictionary after this. Yeah, no, that'd be awesome. Um, well, she cheat. Yeah, I mean, look, it's like, um, but that principle, you know, applies to life. You know, you put in reps in life um, and you get better at things, you know, it's common we'll call it, you know, we we'll use banking terminology, even though I'm not, that's another topic of conversation, but it's compound interest, right? Like uh, you're compounding the interest and then you're saying you're getting into this state of like, boom, meteor coming here, boom, right? Or fire in my house, here. I mean, you know, you know what you just remind me of is that scene in the matrix when the, the bullet's coming at Neo's head and like in slow motion, yeah. like, you know, he avoids the, bu the bullet, it's, it, you know, I know it sounds a little bit cheeky and stuff, but there is some elements of that happening. You know, when you do this practice consistently, the world starts slowing down around you and you start seeing things a little bit more in slow motion. Sometimes you can move in slow motion. I've, I've been accused of that. My older, like, come on. Dude, come I told you you're a freaking Jedi, man. Now you're seeing that. Like, this goes back to my original Jedi talk, man. You have uh, a skill set that's beyond the realm of what, uh, maybe somebody might see and, and, and you're, you're preaching it out into the world, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate so, that. Well, we, I know we chatted earlier. So you were now you, you took this, uh, explain this other, you, you said you were going to do this with a company. You were going to do like a, a meditation to free flow writing, um, which I thought was super cool. Yeah. And uh, maybe you're just picking some subconscious thoughts right out of a meditation. I mean, that's maybe, am I, am I explaining it right? Or how, I mean, the, you know, the way I teach it, you know, it initially came from my Zen center that, you know, I was one of the founding members of. But, you know, what we do is we sit in a silent, you know, seated meditation for, you know, 10, 20 minutes, however, you know, the group feels comfortable with. And then we, um, I read a prompt. 
and the prompt could come from anywhere. It could come from a poetry book. It could come from a Robert Frost poem. It could come from a newspaper. Um, but I, I, you know, I read a prompt and then everyone goes into a silent free form kind of stream of consciousness free write. And so it's a really powerful exercise, Paul, because imagine yourself sitting for 10, 15, 20 minutes, completely silent, hearing this prompt and then writing, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, an essay or just bullet points or a poem, it doesn't matter what it is. There's no rules or regulations, but the prompt is designed to just, you know, in, you know, uh, provoke some kind of thought or emotion and you could ignore the prompt completely, but it's really cool seeing people write because what I have found, I've been doing these for, you know, four plus years, once a month for like four years, I've done, you know, a lot of these sessions and what I have witnessed myself and then hearing others is a lot of times what comes out of the pen onto paper is what's in the head. So people who are a little bit more maybe, you know, neurotic or, you know, nervous, like they might, their writings might reflect that, you know what I mean? Who's super chill and calm and mellow, their writings might reflect that. Someone who's super smart, Eric and into quantum physics, like their writings might reflect that. So it's, it's a cool exercise and, and putting it in conjunction with mental health and getting stuff out of your subconscious and onto paper. It's a powerful exercise that I recommend. And for anyone who's listening, that might want to reach out and, 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 you know, discuss, you know, create a workshop with me or it's, it's really, really cool and powerful. We could do that together, Paul, with, you know, with this community, if you want. You know, yeah, time. yeah, we can we can do like a part two maybe sometime in the summertime when people uh, we'll see what happens. You know, there's a lot going on in Canada right now. I wish, uh, you know, unfortunate during during lockdown, this would have been great. You know, yeah, yeah, people are out and about right now. Yeah, they are. I mean, I, I don't know about LA, but they definitely oh, yeah. they, they definitely are here. Um, so so this is cool, man. I mean, look, all these techniques, all these ways to help people find that kind of stillness in the, in the act of chaos. Um, it's freaking awesome. Do you use, so you use technology with any of these people are, are remote, obviously you're a coach on Welly, but like for some of your stuff that you do now is most of this stuff remote or do you have to see these people in person? Like what other, is there any, any other apps or any meditation things that you use to keep these people on track? Um, I'm, I'm old school, man. I mean, the, the format of my sessions are pretty simple. I mean, they, they grow and evolve over time, but the basic format is I have a check-in with the, with the client, with the person, you know, at the beginning, um, I give some meditation instruction if they need to be reminded on the actual proper techniques of, of the meditation that I teach. Sure. And we sit together, you know, for five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever the length of time that the client feels comfortable with. And then we, I check in with them afterwards because everyone always has an experience or a visceral reaction to sitting there in silence. And uh, one of the main pillars of Buddhism, there's three. Buddha, the, the historical Buddha himself. Sure. Dharma, which is his teachings and the philosophy and, you know, the scripture. Karma? You said, you said karma? Dharma. Dharma. Okay. And then the third pillar is Sangha. So it's Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. And Sangha means community in japanese so or actually so community is a big part of wisdom and so when i sit with my clients it's like we're building a little bit of a community together even if it's just two of us like we're building community my goal eventually is to have enough clients where then i could all 
bring all of my people that I've been working with together into like a retreat, you know what I mean? Or whatever, some kind of day sitting and bring everyone together into a bigger community. So community is a big part of it. And so, you know, they should be meditating on their own. And if I only see them once a week, they should be doing it on their own. But if not, they know that at least once a week, they're going to be meditating and they're going to have the support of somebody else there with them. If they have any questions, concerns, if they have any freak out sessions, I'm there. But to answer your question around technology, no, man. I mean, I use FaceTime. I use Zoom. Yeah, it's, it's tough. And that's about it. You know what I mean? Um, I, I write down notes, you know, on pen and paper. And, you know, um, I yeah, I get paid through, you know, Venmo or Stripe or something like that. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> um, I, I am actually a pretty big believer. And, and not to get away from, obviously, Welly and all the amazing yeah. people that are helping people. But I am a believer that part of my practice and my methodology is to unplug. You know what I mean? And, you know, I think people do appreciate that. It's like, again, it's that, it's that space that space to be able to just like unplug and. Well, that's, and that's how I do it. You know, I, I go on a walk without my phone and I really, you know, I, I see the things coming in and out and see what's going on and make sure I'm connected to my external environment that I am at the time. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's how, you know, that, that's the best way to get, you know, centered and, and still. Yeah. I, mean, I, did, I did want to mention something that you, you brought up earlier when you were talking about my journey and how I've been able to kind of ebb and flow through it. I wanted to shout out my teacher, Brad Warner. If anyone's interested that's listening, Brad is a famous Buddhist author. He's my first uh, Zen teacher. He wrote a book called Hardcore Zen, which is like a Buddhist classic. And he's written a number of books since then. But he once described like comparing, I mean, picture this, Paul, two hikers, right? Or two explorers, I should say. One hikes to the top of the mountain by himself on his, on his own, you know, feet with his backpack. Yeah. The other person hires a helicopter and flies up to the top of, you know, the mountaintop, the summit. Sure. Both explorers will eventually get that same vantage point, right? Being on the summit looking out and seeing the mountain, you know, from that perspective. But the way they got there were two obviously completely different methods. The one who, who hiked saw every little rock, crevice, everything along the way, you know what I mean? And he obviously had a certain amount of gratitude and pride and appreciation getting up to the top. The one who flew up there from a helicopter obviously didn't have that same level of, you know, uh, difficulty getting there. So I think there's – there's a certain value in doing the work, you know what I mean, to get to the mountaintop. And so that's that's a part of, you know, this weird journey I've been on with Shark Tank and Owls Lacrosse and now yeah. <laughs> a Zen mindfulness coach. It's, I'm hiking up the mountain, man, and, and I'm stopping along the way, and I'm trying to appreciate the scenery and appreciate the effort. That's, But, you know, I'm not at the top yet, and I'm not going to pay anyone to take me there. You know what I mean? I'm going to do it on my own, and, you know, hopefully when I get to the top, you know, I'll, I'll be able to appreciate it. No, you will, man. It's not – be able you, you already you already know you already know you will man yeah you know it's part of the process we're, yep. all, we're all we're all in that process man it's like a lot of, it's like a lot of winners and it's why they go broke so quick you know <laughs> they don't uh they might not appreciate you know having that amount of sum of money come in or they're just stupid you know it's uh <laughs> it's just a joke but um <clears throat> but anyway you got time for maybe a, a three to five minutes uh little meditation you could um we could go into do you say anything or talk to me you've got time to 
No, I mean, if, if I could, if I could run real quick, I mean, I have a bell, you know, that's, that's a big part of my practice is I ring a bell three times to start and one time to finish. We don't have to do that today. Um, but no, people, go, do you have to go grab it or? I mean, it's right there. I mean, um, but people really like it just because, and for those who are listening, it's like the bell is interesting because I actually um, worked with a, with a teacher and he was like, I love the bell. And I, I actually had to remind him that like in school, you have bells to end periods and start periods. And he was like, maybe that's why the bell is so comforting to me. Cause I'm so used to like, and yeah. so the bell is to signify the end of a, of a period. And it, we also ring bells in Zen to end work periods and walk periods, all those other modalities I talked to you about, about doing off of the cushion a sure. lot are ended with a bell. So it's a very clear signal that this activity has ended and let's move on to the next one. So you're able to stay like focused. Sure. Vigil activity. So ringing the bell is a big part of what I do. So if you want, we could do a three to five minute meditation. You yeah, know, let's, let's do it. What, uh, what do you need me to do? Nothing. And anybody, so do you want me to look in the screen, but you were talking about looking into a white wall. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. We will, we will alter and I'll just do, um, you tell me whatever, and anybody listening, you want to join in on a on a three to five minute meditation. It's six forty five on Eastern Standard, three forty five on the Pacific Coast, and some mix in between. Um, Craig's going to take us through a three to five minute Zen mode. Yeah, so I'm not going to do the full one sitting like you know I'm in a normal yeah. now. But what I will tell people yourself, Paul, is that posture is really important in the okay. Zen. Hey, the Buddha, when you see statues of him, sure. he's sitting completely in, like, you know, alignment, you know? Um, yeah. Everything has a place. So even if you're just standing or sitting, you want to have your ears in line with your shoulders. Yeah. And you want your nose in line with your belly button. Yeah. And you want your chin, like, slightly tucked, but not, like, too tucked. You want your back, you know, nice and, and stiff, but not, like, rounded and not, like, military Everything has to be like middle, you know, middle of the road. Yeah, I mean, you, I can already see that. You know, and then we put, we put our hands what's called the cosmic mudra. This is a little bit hippy-dippy, but really? you put your left fingertips on top of your right fingertips, and then you touch, you kiss your thumbs together, put them left on top of right instead of them touching like, yep, and then touch your thumbs together gently. Now put it down by your navel, like in yeah. your And yeah. so your shoulders and your hands every, you, can you see how like everything at least on your upper body is in alignment and sure. now sitting on a cushion you would stack your legs like in full lotus half lotus you know what i mean <laughs> but i'm sitting you you're standing so you know for now you just put your hands in your lap and i would just say that you know i'll ring a bell three times to start one time to finish we'll do it for a couple of minutes and you know you just want to as thoughts come up you want to try to let them go and yes. so use your breath as your anchor and we'll sit here, you know, we'll sit for a couple of minutes here just now. I'll ring th the bell three times to start. Thank you.
this first minute, just settle into your breath and your body. Try to let go of any awkwardness you might have and discomfort. Just let it go. Let your breath be your teacher. Let the thoughts come and go. Just appreciate the stillness and the silence. Relax any tension you might be carrying in your shoulders, your neck, your back. I didn't want to torture you too long. You know, we're on Instagram. Yeah, was that three minutes? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I just. I don't know, man. I was like gazing away. I was kind of. I was kind of zen. It was probably three minutes. Yeah, I mean, look, I've done it. I've, I, I, it's been a while since I've done stillness meditation um, with no no sound. I usually, I usually throw on some some music like Hemi Sync or. Um, I took the Dispenza course online, so I have uh, I have the recordings of him. Um, I mean, I can do it with the mute. I think still I've gone like thirty minutes. I think uh, with the music I've gone like an hour twenty. Um, when you wake up and you feel like time, like you're like a second pass or something. Once you're once you're like not like wake up, but you know like get out of it. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was cool. So that's it. I mean, I mean, how, how much deeper does it get? You get people to kind of get still. I, and I, I try not to focus on the screen there. I tried to, I tried to gaze into the, uh, out my window. Um, yeah. If we were doing a more proper session, I probably would have had you spin around and face your wall instead of facing the screen. You know, obviously we we're kind of, you know, I would have faced the wall, man. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're freelancing a little bit over here, but, um, but even just those couple of minutes, I'm sure you felt the difference. I'm sure your blood pressure came down a little bit. Hundred percent. Yeah, I kind of just kind of thought about nothing. I don't know. I don't even think too many thoughts came in. I was just kind of looking. I was just kind of gazing. Yeah, um, it's just unplugging, man. I mean, you know, we're we're so tied into the matrix. 
know what I mean? And yeah. It's just about unplugging and, and letting, as you said early, early on, it's, it's, it's giving yourself a little space to let your, your true self emerge. Obviously, that's not going to happen in three minutes and in one session. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. But over time, you know what I mean? The, your true nature will emerge and like, you know, what your true calling is from a career standpoint. I've had a lot of experiences with diet, you know, like the, like the right and wrong things to eat just naturally coming to me and meditation, creative things. Not like I was digging for it or asking yeah. for it. It just naturally arising on its own, you know. So, so you're just like you're you're helping people tap into their intuition, pretty much. Is what you're saying? Yes, letting them be their own internal teacher. You know, what I mean, I'm just a yeah. guy, but you know, what I mean, I'm not. You know, uh, I don't look at myself necessarily as being a teacher. It's just uh, you're a Jedi. <laughs> Come on, Craig. Yeah, we can. Hey, dude, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure our next. Uh, you know, once they once they uh, once they upgrade Instagram, we can have lightsaber battles. Yeah, let's do it, man. Um, but now let's. I'll open up for Q and A. Obviously, uh, people have come in and out. I don't think we'll get any uh, questions. But if you do have a question, other than that, um, listen. Welly is download Welly today and connect with somebody like Craig. Uh, it's in the Apple App Store. It's Welly. Follow. Craig at Craig Jared Finch, Instagram, follow Welly at Facebook and Instagram at Get Welly. Um, we are launching a giveaway here. Uh, I'm excited to, to share a lot of cool products from a lot of cool and unique um, companies, uh, anywhere from food to supplements to books. Uh, I'm working on one more book tomorrow. Try to add to that giveaway, giveaway basket for the consumers. Um, we're gonna have to have you call in and connect with somebody like Craig take a snapshot of it and then uh, show us um, show us and tell us what happened and how you feel and uh, you know, how everything went. So Craig, anyway, man, thanks so much. Um, I look forward to our connections in the future. I'm sure there'll be, there'll be many more and um, yeah, man. Thanks Paul. Appreciate you having me on. Hang 10 in, in Cali, dude. Peace. See you, man. Thank you for listening to The Welly Pod. If you enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to download The Welly app in the Apple App Store.